God is at work already and and God's word is powerful to move people towards Christ. And um, and the only way of really finding that out, you can believe it theologically, the only way to find it out is to give it a go. Hello and welcome to Independence, the FIEC podcast. My name is Adrian Reynolds. I'm the head of national ministries for the FIEC. I'm joined by one of my colleagues, Joel. Hello, Hello. Joel. Joel, Hi. Just, Joel, tell us what you do at the FIEC. My... People will have seen your hand and your work, <laughs> but they might not know exactly what you do. I'm normally so over there on the other side of the camera and the Okay, you're desk, pointing yeah. away from where we're away. sitting. Away, yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah. Uh, communications and media officer. So Great. I, I deal with the podcast and okay. also videos, websites, social media, emails, trying to tell people about what we're doing at FIC so they don't miss out. Great. Thanks for joining us. And Lafraz. Hello, Lafraz. Tell us who you are. Well, I'm Lafraz, Lafraz Stridum. Um, married to Suzanne, three kids. Uh, I'm an elder at an FIC church, Elmstead Baptist Church in the southeast of London. And for the last four, four and a half years, it's been my joy to direct the ministry of the Word One to One. Great. Thanks for joining us. And you've Welcome. answered my second question even before I asked it, which is to say we're, we're all involved in local churches. We believe in the local church. FIC is a movement of local churches. We're a fellowship of independent evangelical churches not christians but churches yeah. so we're all involved in local churches told us a little bit about elmstead where you're an elder just tell us a little bit more it's in the southeast of london give us a give us a feel for the church so it's on the border of chislehurst and mottingham chislehurst is quite posh and trendy uh, mottingham less so so we're right on the border of that uh we gather about a hundred or so on a Sunday, a uh, real mix of, of, of uh, people and uh, ages and stages, sort of diversity of background, culture, all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, we've we've recently called a pastor, a chap called Ollie Land. So he's he's just uh, just in his finishing his third year with us, and we've we've had many encouragements under his ministry. Um, I'm one of uh, four elders, so it's Ollie, me, and and two other chaps. Right. Okay, well, welcome, and we'll think a little bit more about that in just a moment. Joel, you're also in a local church, uh, yep. not in Market Harbour where we are. You live in the the paradise that is Leicester City. Oh, yes. So tell us about church there for you. Yeah, I go to Avenue Community Church. It's a okay. church plant about 18 years old. It's not really a church plant anymore, but it was planted by Knighton, which is another big FIC church. Which in itself was planted. Yes. Many years ago, from another church called Melbourne Hall in in Leicester. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Okay, plant yeah. of a plant. Actually. Plant of a plant of a plant. A granddaughter. I think that makes it. Yeah, yeah. avenues in Clarendon Park, which is the area of Leicester. It's quite affluent. Some nice, some nice kind of shopping streets and stuff, kind of just in the suburbs of the of the city centre. So a lot of medics and professionals and students who live around. Uh, quite built up. So we meet in a school on a Sunday because there's just there's not really a building for ourselves that we'd be able to find yet. Um, but yeah, so that's Avenue. We're also involved in uh, growing a church in Ayers Monsell, which is another area of the okay, city. Quite a different area, though. So tell us about Ayers Monsell. Yeah. That's a kind of a new plant that's just getting going, really getting just, going. At the, at the st- outs, just at the very first stages of, of, of getting going, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we say it's gr- we're growing a church. So it's not we're sending a team and starting a church and going. It's kind of people moving to the area, getting to know people. Uh, building relationships, sharing Jesus, and as people start to believe, a church will be right. will be built. Okay. Esmonsel's the most deprived kind of borough or area of of Leicester City, okay. I believe. Okay. Um, so it's kind of not a lot of amenities there, a lot of kind of council housing, um, crime, and all that kind of stuff. Right. And okay. uh, especially no gospel there 
particularly. There's a few churches here and there, but they don't particularly do much. It's or cut off by the ring out. road, isn't it? It's kind of on its own. That's right. The ring road and Leicester city centre is like a Leicester city council is like a circle, and there's like a little edge. Yeah, which is sure. small. Okay. Sometimes it feels maybe a bit of bit forgotten. So okay, yeah. I, I'm also in a local church. I'm an elder here at Christ Church Harborough, which is um, FIC church here in Market Harborough. And Market Harborough, for those of you who don't know, it's quite an affluent town. Though it's got some poorer parts to it, um, but it's quite an affluent town. But it, it kind of one of the challenges of being in ministry here is that we're a market town. So we're a town of about 25,000 people. Then we're 98 or 99 villages, depending on how you count, surrounding um, us in the Harbour District, um, ranging from just a few houses to actually quite a few thousand people. Um, so we're actually trying to reach not just a town, but a but essentially a semi-rural community. There are sheep oh. out the window and all that sort of thing. And not that we put sheep out of the window. You look out the window and there are sheep. <laughs> um, now, all of us are in the local church. So we're all interested in two things, really. We're interested in building up the saints, right? Yeah. And we're interested in reaching the lost. Mm. And we're going to think especially about reaching the lost. And we're going to think about today how we use the Bible to do that. Now, LaFrance, this is quite interesting. We've been talking about this this morning. We believe, don't we, in the sufficiency of the scriptures? Yes. Um, We're pretty hot on that. You know, we're evangelicals. We trace our heritage through back to the Reformation and, of course, back uh, back to the time of the scriptures themselves. And we see in the scriptures that they attest to their own sufficiency. We believe in the sufficiency. We're not putting any other authorities above the Bible. We're not in denominations because we are independent churches sitting under the authority of the word of God. And yet actually there's a mismatch, isn't there, when it comes to how we think about the Bible. So we would have that kind of theoretical assent, but we don't always put that into practice in the local church, do we? Mm. Just unpack that for us a little bit. Well, I've just got a, a practitioner's sort of uh, perspective, and just having discovered the power of power of God's word in my uh, in my own office when I was working as a product manager in the city of London, and I I just talk about the functional sufficiency of Scripture. Right. Um, right. Basically, we want to introduce people to Jesus. Where is Jesus revealed? Hmm. Uh, well, you know, in the Gospels, in the Bible, as as the whole Bible paints him. And, you know, like the Gospel writer says, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Right, okay. And may have life in his name. And I guess just through the encouragement of friends and through sort of quite reluctant sort of, you know, gritting my teeth and saying, okay, I'm going to give this a go. I discovered that actually, you know, saying to someone, let's have a look, let me show you why Jesus is so important to me, is is quite an accessible entry point for them and, you know, allows me to to lean on the scriptures in how I point people to Jesus. So I'm not, you know, I don't need to have a mind-blowing testimony. I don't have to have all the apologetic answers. Do you have a mind-blowing testimony? Everybody's testimony is mine. Of course it is. That's the right answer. Of course it is. Yes. Otherwise, Rico will take me outside and headbutt me. Um, But we're talking about getting the word open with people, aren't we? I've got two Peter open in front of me. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. That's a bit that we remember. Isn't that extraordinary? His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. And um, so it's interesting how the focus there is, is that uh, the power that we have, everything we need for a godly life, comes through our knowledge of him. Yes. Well, how do we know him? Yes. How is he revealed to us? In the scriptures, as yes. the spirit brings them alive and, and gives us faith to believe in, in, in what we read. So I, I think we've got to have confidence, haven't we? Not just in the theoretical word of God, 
but actually in using the word of God in everyday life. Joel, just tell us how that kind of has impacted some of the work that you've um, that the church has started doing in Ayers Monsal. Yeah, well, Ayers Monsal is, is so encouraging. There's a team, there's probably about uh, 10 or 11 who are, who are kind of involved in that. They uh, share through email, WhatsApp, uh, church meetings and stuff, uh, the kind of stuff that's going on there. So they're basically reading through Mark on a Sunday afternoon. So the team are coming to Avenue in the morning still, but then on Sunday afternoon, okay. they go onto the estate, they invite the people around, they're just reading through Mark oh, uh, kind of section by section and just talking about it. Yes. And we were doing that a bit in Avenue as well. So they're kind of getting a bit of a head start there to, yeah. to prepare yeah. them. But they've just been doing that bit by bit by bit with people who are unchurched. Maybe they went to Sunday school 20, 30 years ago. Maybe they, had, they remember a, a hymn in school or something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's Yeah. And Lord of the Dance, probably. Right, something like that. <laughs> Yeah. And then they're going through it bit by bit. And some of the stories are amazing that, that they're, they're realizing who Jesus is. Right. And through Mark, okay. when you get the disciples over and over again, not quite realizing, just not getting the picture about who Jesus is, what he's come to do. And they're like, why don't they get it? Why don't they understand who Jesus is? He, he's the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's so come. You've got people who have, have never really come to the Bible before and engaged yeah. with the Bible asking questions like that. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of shocked. Why don't the disciples yeah. get yeah. it? And you kind of think this is exciting because yes. maybe they yeah. are getting it yeah. themselves. And and that's you know what you're involved with Word One to One, and we're not going to do an advert precisely for Word One to One, but that's exactly the same concept, isn't it? And you're starting it's, with John because actually at the beginning of John, there you encounter Jesus, you encounter exactly who Jesus is from the beginning of time, in fact, from before the beginning of time, through to his coming to earth and the work he's come to do. It's it's a great place to start to meet it's Jesus. It's such a powerful place to start. Um, you know, I think sometimes we as Christians get caught up and we think, well, I can't possibly, that, that'll just raise so many questions about yeah, I mean, the I, Trinity I would, and about... So, yeah, well, let's, well, yeah, so um, let's just go a little bit of a, down a little bit of a rabbit hole. I, I think if you said to me, which gospel would you read with people? Yeah. Um, I would not choose John's gospel. Sure. Because I, I think it's, it's different from the others. Um, it just looks harder for me as a Christian. So if, if I'm here as ordinary Christian, right? I'm sorry, I'm, I am an ordinary Christian. I'm thinking, you know, if, if I get to the stage where my neighbor or my friend says, yeah, I'd love to read the Bible. Let's open the Bible together. However, we might get to that point. And perhaps we'll talk about that a bit later. But actually, I wouldn't go to John naturally. And I think because I would find it a bit overwhelming. So why is John such a good place to go? Yeah, firstly, that's fine. Like, all you know, the Mark's gospel is a, is, a, is a nice short gospel. and But I love the way you do a, a, a guided read through hmm. rather than a Bible study because you're introducing a so new topic. So how to do be- you define the difference of France? Because I, I think, you know, perhaps we're thinking, um, you know, home, home group. On a Tuesday night, yes. whatever it is, you know, I'm I'm looking at I don't know Genesis. Yes, and we're doing a Bible, an inductive we're Bible already, study, asking we're questions. We're already in love with Scripture. When okay. we when we reach out to to those who are biblically ignorant and haven't had a proper look at the Gospels, you are introducing them to something that's very new to them. So it's more of a guided experience that says, "Can you see that this is what it says?" So you're what telling you them what it, it means to you. I, I think you're really? just you're just reading what's there, okay. pointing out a few obvious things, not too much, in order to not overwhelm mm. them, and saying, "What do you make of that?" And then you're going to the next bit and the next bit, not needing them to understand absolutely everything that's there, but sort of slowly building up a picture of what the the entire gospel is saying about the Lord Jesus, whether it's Mark or John. Now, I found John to be a a, a wonderful entry point because it it grabs people, it puts it puts. Uh, the gospel in the in, in the framework of creation. There's you you can't you, you can't get 
even a little bit of what John 1, 1 to 18 says without realizing this guy, John, thinks that this person, Jesus, who he knew is the God who made yeah, everything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, if wait. this is true, this must be relevant. You do you? Yes. Yeah, okay. So, so it grabs people. And, yeah. then they, and then you can just simply say, I can't explain everything to you. But if we keep reading, this is an, this is an executive summary. It's an overview. If we keep reading, you will see why John thinks that this Jesus is the word who made everything and who has come to offer us a yeah, relationship yeah. with God. So it's just a very captivating entry point. Uh, and if you think about it, Joel, we, you know, when, we're, when we're doing evangelism amongst our kids, so, so our, our Sunday school and youth work in church, some of that is building up believers. Yeah. Some of it is, um, is, is reaching the kids and bringing Jesus to them, isn't it? It's, um, you know, obviously children are in church, highly privileged, a lot of them grow up in Christian homes, they hear about Jesus a lot. But actually when we teach the Bible to our kids, let's say in Sunday school, and you, you help teach Sunday school, don't you, yeah. haven't you? We're, we're bringing Jesus to them. And we don't do that actually through apologetics on the whole and answering very difficult questions. We open the Bible with them, don't we? It's the same strategy yeah, sure. as when you're I mean, teaching Sunday school. The, the group that I am uh, that I help with is kind of age eight to 10. So right, lovely they're age, getting, great age. They're getting yeah. to the kind of point where they can read and they can read the Bible. They yeah, can read the yeah, words of it. Yeah. And so if some of them maybe aren't as confident, but that's fine. So we make a, an effort to get Bibles out and we bring it and say, look, we're not just kind of telling you a, a fairy story, okay, which so it could come it's not just a Yeah, it's not just a picture book. Yeah, yeah that's stage. right. And yeah. they can read it for themselves. They read we treat them as adults to a certain extent and say, look, this Bible is for you as well. You can understand it. Uh, maybe we take it a bit slower than we would do with with a more adult group. Sure. And just think, who are the people? Who are the kind of characters and the different people that are involved in this, in this uh, narrative? How do you think they feel? How do they change? Why do you think that might be? And it, it just kind of, it helps them to bring it to life. And the fact that it's, it's the Bible that we're reading means they see their parents see the other people these people believe this is what this is this is the same thing and mm. i think that's a really powerful way to to, to yeah. bring it through to them to yeah. teach them and it's interesting isn't it, LaFrance, we, so we have that confidence in our churches most churches would run sunday schools exactly that way mm. we're getting the bible open with kids aren't we why don't we have that same confidence when it comes to reaching our neighbors or our friends why do we think we need a different strategy to that what, what's gone on there I've got no idea. I, like honestly, <laughs> okay, I, I have an observation. That, Postcards, please. <laughs> no, well, I can I can see that if you look at all the evangelism training that's out there, there's a lot about building relationships with people. There's a lot about sharing our testimony. There's a lot about using a gospel outline, and all those things can be useful. But I just don't think we've emphasized the word of God. I, maybe we've lost confidence in the functional sufficiency of God's word, not just in. You know, in other areas of life as well, but 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 in a, you know, like, is it a is it a viable connection point to the non-Christian? Anecdotally, we can say yes, and I think there's evidence to back it up. Um, but but how did it go missing, and when did it go missing? I've you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm quite do new you, to the to the journey, so I, I can't. You're comment, a young but, guy, there, Fraz. That's what it is. Do, do you <laughs> think that we we kind of instinctively think people have got? defeater beliefs they've got very difficult questions and unless we answer their difficult questions we're basically we don't even have a way but, in. but but where does that come from is that maybe something that we are saying to our congregations like like i almost feel like when we talk about evangelism we put all these things on on the on the on on, on the sort of table to say you know we need to find answers for these things 
rather than saying, are you simply bringing people to Jesus? And what's the most effective way you can just bring people to Jesus? What I say to my friends is when they, when they, when they throw me a humdinger, I try to engage with that honestly. And I say, this is what I think about that topic, etc. But really the only way for me to show you why I believe that is to show you the person who I believe is, is good and is in charge of this and knows better than we do, the mm. person Jesus. And I, that's the thing I keep coming back to. Can we just, can, can I bring you to Jesus? Not everyone is willing to do that, but, but, but many people are. And if, and if, if, we, if we get them on that, that train, that gospel train that Joel's described, where we could just go, okay, well, I'm introducing you now, and then all of a sudden we're building up a picture of the Lord Jesus, their, their questions become peripheral or they are actually answered as they discover who Jesus is. And this yeah. is the other reason why John is great. I mean, things about it's existential things like 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 darkness and lights and you know and love and life and you know it talks about you know water living water and quenching thirst and you know the religious people are being humbled and the the outside is being brought in and all of that just paints a very attractive picture that really resonates with my non-Christian friend, and all of a sudden they're not so worried about, um, you know, maybe what the Bible thinks about sexuality because they can see Jesus putting his arm around a sexual sinner, you know, inviting her to find real life and find real, you know, real meaning. So, so, just so be- I don't know why, how we went wrong and why is, it, why, why is it not the primary means for our evangelism, but, 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 you know, it's become the passion of my life and actually the passion of our ministry to say, how can we, how can we help correct that? And how can we grow together to, to, to put God's word, you know, front and center of yeah. our evangelism? So just to be clear, we're not saying that events at church have no place. Of course yes, they do. of course. And we're not saying that courses of all kinds are not useful. And, and even apologetics in its right place is very useful. We do yes. need to make an argument um, and speak up about some of the defeater beliefs that there are. But we essentially believe that people become Christians as they come to know Christ. Yes. They encounter Christ. Yes. They don't become a Christian because suddenly a difficult question is answered. Hmm. And they may need to have a difficult question answered yeah. as part of the process. But they become a Christian because they encounter Christ. And so actually, we need to be thinking, how do we help people meet Jesus? Yes. That's, that's, and that's if they come to it. church, brilliant. If they're willing to come to church, that's a brilliant invite. If they're willing to well, come to yeah, an evangelistic except, course, that's a brilliant invite. Ex- except that. I just want to push on that a little bit. So I, I agree with that. Um, but I, I think a lot of what we do at church, we frame in terms of the relationships we have with each other, which is obviously an important part of Christianity, and then activity that we do. Yes. We're singing we are listening, we are worshipping. I think actually we need to frame our church as an encounter with Jesus Yes. in exactly the same way. Because actually what we're doing as we invite people to come and worship together is we're inviting them to come and meet Jesus. We're inviting yeah. believers to come and do that together. That's the strength of being together. But um, the church service is not just a, an activity. It's not like going to a football match or whatever else it may be. So uh, in a sense, we're doing the same thing. We're inviting people to meet Jesus yes. in our service. Um, we do that very tangibly in things like the Lord's Supper and in the preaching. But even in the other ways we communicate with each with each other, we, we're wanting to share Jesus, experience what it means to be in Jesus. So, so I think we've got to reframe our worship from activity 
in its most general sense to actually spiritually what's going on, I'm right, um, yeah. which which fits actually. So when I'm inviting people to church, I'm still inviting them to meet Jesus. It's mm. just not in perhaps the same direct way we might have the open. And, and I and together. I think the the, the word based relational evangelism, which is what we're talking about, is 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 word based and it's relational, and um, it's about people then connecting with. You know, either personal connections or people in the margins of church life or those who have been through an evangelistic course or those who are in the community cafe or newcomers to church who don't quite understand what's going on spiritually and just getting alongside them and helping them see from the scriptures who this person is that we're so excited about and and and, and why why we do the things we do. And I just think someone who's new to, to local church needs that. And 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 so do you know what I mean? The the journey, like individuals getting alongside them, and helping them yeah, see yeah. what's going on, yeah. and connecting scripture with what they see in the in the community of, okay. of, yeah. of believers. Now, Lafraz, you're going to help Joel and I a bit here. We're the kind of evangelistic chickens. Perhaps I'm only speaking for myself. Check, but uh, <laughs> chicken, chicken. Uh, it, you know, evangelism feels like a burden in the local church sometimes. Um, sometimes I feel a sense of guilt about it. Sometimes I feel nagged about it. Sometimes I just feel quite despondent, really, because I've tried the thing the pastor suggested. didn't work. Mm. I've tried talking to my mates, neighbours, and there's always someone in church who's more gifted. Than, there's always somebody in church more gifted than me. And maybe, Joel, that is you in your church, but, or maybe not, that there yeah. always seems to be someone in the church who has the gift to be able just to go up to a stranger and then, you know, they tell you, oh, yeah, within a couple of minutes we were talking about Jesus. And I'm thinking, what? Yeah. Why did you do that? It'll be when you read a book and they'll say, oh, when's the hairdressers? And then we got chatching. And then by the time we left, you become a Christian. <laughs> yes. It's like, <laughs> I can, I can, you should good to go get to the hairdresser too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go to the hairdressers. That's why I'm going wrong, perhaps. But, <laughs> yeah. but we can be overwhelmed. So do you feel that mm. sometimes, Joel? Or is it just me? Maybe it's just me. I, I yeah. feel slightly overwhelmed sometimes by, by people who are extraordinarily gifted. Yeah. Um, so I, I love listening to stories about people who are having these conversations, you know, giving out a leaflet on the bus and having conversations on the top of the buses. I, I love listening to that stuff, but I find it really hard. Mm-hmm. So h- how does how does thinking about our evangelism in terms of reading the Bible with someone, if you want to put it in that context, or just showing them Jesus in the scriptures, how is that liberating? How's, so t- talk to, to Joel and I, both as evangelistic chickens right but also church leaders who yes. I, I don't want to be a nag in the church yeah i want to be an encourager i want to infuse people about evangelism i want to i i, I want to release them i want to show them yeah. you can do this so, so what kind of approach should i be taking as a church leader well firstly i i think um, are you an evangelistic chicken too i don't know i no. i you're south african You've i got a was bit of, you know, i remember arguments with my bible study leaders saying just get off my back about evangelism okay it's not my gifting just stop nagging right, me right. so the lord has a sense of humor <laughs> here you me. are but yep. um i think two things and, and richard our founder um is just very helpful on this firstly god is already at work in the lives of the people around us we believe that theologically it is actually true Second thing, God, you just God's, have to expand that a little bit. In what way is it working the people around us? Well, you don't know until you actually find out. Oh, I see what you so, mean. Okay, so, so yeah, they've had a conversation with someone else. So whenever, else. so yeah. so yeah. so God is at work already, and and God's word is powerful to move people towards Christ. And um, and the only way of really finding that out, you can believe it theologically. The only way to find it out is to give it a go, and to ask 
one person, maybe two person. We think about one in four would say yes. There's this research that backs that up. That's anecdotally what happens is one in four people that know us and trust us would say yes to having a look at scripture with us, you know, having a coffee and having a look. Um, so you've got to be willing to take a few no's. But when you actually then have that experience where you say, well, this is what I believe, can you see? Honestly, like this is, a, this is what we have discovered is, 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 is it resonates with people. It speaks with people. Like you were saying, like, you know, Jesus draws people. He, 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 come, he walks off the pages of Scripture, like, mm-hmm. like Rico says. So those two things are biblically true. The only way to discover it is to, is to give it a go. For the church leader, I'd say, um, and I'm I'm just an elder in a local church trying we, to figure this out myself. Not just an elder, we we believe in plural leadership. You are an, an elder in the local church. Yes, but don't I mean I'm not. Down, but, but I yeah. mean I'm not the experts. I'm okay, like yeah, I don't sure. feel like I've got any expertise in this. I think stories are important. Encourage. Just, let me ask you about that. Hmm. I, I want to push on that a little bit. I wonder if we need to tell all kinds of stories. Yes. I think part of yes, the challenge is we only tell success no, stories. I, no, all the We stories. need to tell the failures as well, don't we? Don't, we, don't we need to hear from someone in church who says, um, I've chatted to three neighbours. No They've one's all interested. said no. Yes, we do. Yes, absolutely. Because actually we need to see that um, uh, we're not alone when that happens to us. But it's not just the big stories, it's the micro stories. So when my friend, you know, looks at Jesus throwing people out of the temple and he goes, oh, I didn't realise Jesus was a, you know, a bit of a man like that. You know, I should share that because my friend has seen something about Jesus they didn't know before. That's the thing that, you know, that's the thing that gives me the conviction that God's word is busy working in his life. Um, so it's about it's about sharing the journey, the disappointments, the encouragements. It's, it's, it's quite a complex thing to do, actually, because, you know, church life is busy and you speak to one person and then you're talking to the next. So how to do that is quite challenging. But but stories and community. Um, you know, I, you know, I used to sort of think, okay, I need to persuade my whole church to now share, you know, share God's word because that's what works. And I, just, and, and now I'm sort of just working with it, with it, with a folk who are keen and, but, but, but wanting to encourage them, wanting to connect them to others so that they are sharing stories, encouragement, disappointments, prayer requests with one another. So there's a bit of a community building, um, and then sort of slowly socializing that and broadcasting that to the to the rest of the congregation, the more people who are doing it, the more likely someone can go, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Mm. And I think it's just that we believe it biblically. We've, we've, got, to, we've got to just take – it's a step of faith, isn't it? It's yeah. a step of faith yeah. to say to someone, would you like to have a look? Yeah. Um, and, and is that the way you and, phrase it? Would you like to have a look? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's as simple as that. Sometimes I just say, look, like, you know, you know I love Jesus. I've, I've, I've told you about that. And – like I, I would really just love to show you why, and the best way for me to do it is just to buy you a coffee and have a look at eighteen sentences from one of the books of the Bible. And you know, a lot of people say yes. I've like honestly, I've I've maybe made that invitation in some way, shape, or form to maybe thirty or thirty-five people over the years, and I've read with twelve of them, and for with for some of them, I've read all the way through John's Gospel and. Some of them have uh, made confessions of faith, a couple of guys. Um, some of them haven't, and it's okay. I, f- I, feel like I've, I feel like I've done my job. I'm, I'm, I'm called to be a witness to Jesus. I feel like I've blessed those people. I've served those people. I've journeyed with those people. I've deposited 
huge chunks of scriptures into their lives and who knows what the Lord's going to do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I haven't seen the success in the world's eyes, I guess. You know, I can't I can't go and point to all the people who are now pastors in, in other churches, etc. But not yet. Not yet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Joel, how how do how do you get encouraged at church? Yeah, well, in, in evangelism. So the the Esmonds one again, there's a little uh, a WhatsApp chat that we have. So mm. if you, for people to, to to support it in prayer, we put the prayer request up there. And often it'll be, we spoke to so-and-so today and they said they were interested and they want to find out more. Let's pray for them. And that's the kind of stuff that's really encouraging. I think, um, especially working at FIC, been here just over three years. And the most encouraging thing for me has just been talking to different church leaders, seeing all the different ways that they're reaching different, different parts of the community, different people, the stories that are coming in. That kind of stuff has been really encouraging for me. Um, I think one... Uh, I was when I, when we were thinking about coming on coming to do this podcast. Uh, one scripture was in Isaiah fifty five that God's word mm. doesn't return to him void. Yeah, that's right. And I was like, oh, so so it doesn't it it does something. It doesn't. It's not just an empty gesture, and it achieves all His purposes as well. And I think that kind of stuff is especially encouraging. To say even if it's a no, yes. that's God's purpose. Mm. Yes, and that might be the kind of nudge along the line. And someone else he might say they might say no, 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 and eventually it might be that someone says he goes, oh, do you know what? Yeah. Yeah. This and, is going to and, be the and thing, it, and it, it changes you. That's the other thing. You're serving mm. your friend, but but honestly, your your confidence is transformed because those two things, like God, is at work in their lives. What I mean is, if you invite someone to read with you and they say yes, inevitably, you know, after two or three meetings, you hear about the praying grandmother or the friend who gave them a C.S. Lewis book at university. <laughs> or, <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. So, and so that's you, what you mean by God is all. You'd never, work. you'd never yeah, know yeah. that until yeah. you're actually connecting and and, yeah, and then yeah. and then you realise I'm only a very small part in this, mm. and that's fine, and I'm just playing a role. And if they then say, "Look, um, you know, I've enjoyed what we've seen. I, I've had a few folk who actually, after you know, you can really see them seeing Jesus in the scriptures, they back out." Yeah. Because yeah. they begin to realize this is serious, it's real, and yeah, this is going to need me to you know, change. Not everyone follows. And, exactly. And so uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to the Word one-to-one. -one. I mean, you can obviously just open your Bible with people. That's a great thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, what I like about the Word one-to-one -one especially is I think it gives the answers to the questions. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of suggests some of the things you might want to talk about and gives you some of the answers that you might want to use. So I, I think actually... It, it, it is still a big ask. I, th I think if we're sort of nervous and timid by nature, it's still a big thing, isn't it, to, to ask someone to read the Bible yeah. with you. But I think as as much as can get you over the line as possible is helpful. And I think that's why the word one-to-one is great because it provides lots of stuff to get you over the line. And um, although the, people may know the books, there's also a free app that kind of gives you all the information as well. So you can have a look at that. You don't need to go and buy the books. You can go and have a look at the app and, and work at it that way. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much for your help. Um, I'm, in, I'm encouraged. Um, I'm, you know, I find personal evangelism reasonably hard. I'm surrounded by uh, quite a hard context where I am just trying to reach out to people. We were talking about that a little bit earlier, the phrase you and I. So I'm just encouraged to hear what you've shared and I hope others are as well. And we need to keep helping our guys, don't we, in churches, just to have confidence in the mm. scriptures, really, mm. both for their own lives, yes. for life and godliness, but also in evangelism as well. Yeah. So yeah. let's um, let's be praying that that would be yeah. the case. Lafraz, thanks very much for joining us today, and Joel too. Thank this you. has been Independence, the FIC podcast. If you have enjoyed the podcast, or even if you haven't, why don't you rate and review it? <laughs> and um, if you do that, then it'll help other people find it. Thanks very much for joining us. Bye.